Hello, this is the No Wellness Wankery podcast, and I'm so lucky to have Lindy join me each week where we chat about the wellness world and all the wankery that is in it. My name is Jenna DePeace, and Lindy. Hello. Here Hello. I am. Hello, here I am. Um, I'm excited to talk to you about today's podcast episode because. Oh, I have personal experience in this and I'm sure you do, which is why you're listening to it. It's this whole problem of like, why aren't we losing weight? We think we're doing all the right things. We've got a calorie deficit. We're counting our macros, blah, 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 ticking boxes, following all the advice. And yet here we're in this frustrating situation of being like, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And sometimes you're following a diet and everything's going so well and you're doing everything. And then like, oh, I've hit a plateau. I'm just not doing, losing any weight. Why aren't I still losing weight? Oh, good question. Okay. I'm going to start with my little story here about this is something that I'm very familiar with. During my dieting years, I would be so controlled and rigorous. And then, and then I swear I was sticking to the plan to a T. I was like, I was weighing out everything. Yes. I was being so good recording everything. And not straying. And not stra- and not straying. I wasn't, you know, I go through phases where I wasn't binge eating. I was truly sticking to it and I was being such a good girl. And that was the most devastating when I'd hop on the scale and I'd be like, nothing. Or I gain weight. And I was like, how did I gain weight? I'm, if anything, I'm, I'm, I'm eating less than what I'm being told I need to eat. What is this nonsense? And there was nothing more demoralizing than that experience I found. And it made, it brought me to tears countless times. Um, people will call this a weight loss plateau. They'll call it a whole bunch of things. Um, let's talk about it biologically. What is, what is happening in our bodies is important to understand. Okay. So firstly, our body doesn't really like a calorie deficit. That's the important thing to understand is it's our body's job to keep us nourished, which means fed with enough energy. And the current diet advice is to tell you to, to calorie restrict. So burn, burn more calories than you consume is traditional advice. Your body does not like this state. It's like we need more than you're giving us. Yeah. Your body's job is to keep you in homeostasis, this idea of balance, of being like, well, we like our temperature to be balanced. We like our mood to be balanced. We like our hormones to be you know, within realm of balance. And we like our weight to stay balanced. Um, any big dips or changes, the body starts to think, oh, this is a bit of a scary state. We like things to stay the same. That is yep. safe to us. So when you start to go, I'm going to try and control what I eat and go in a calorie deficit, your body can freak out a little bit and it's understandably why. Is that the metabolism? Yeah, it's part of your metabolism. So there's a few changes that happen to metabolism. So for the the first thing that happens is you have a basic uh, basal metabolic rate. This is how much energy you burn simply by existing. Mm -hmm. If you just lay on the couch the entire day and did nothing, this is how much energy you would burn. Um, And then (laughs) what we're told is that could be like 1,800 calories. Then we're told that we should stick to 1,200 calories, which is like well below what you would just burn at rest. Yeah, okay. Okay. Now, the the lower, the less you weigh, the lower your BMR. I've heard case. BMR is that basal metabolic yep. rate. So that's your, that's your base, like your baseline. What you need just metabolism. to survive. Yep. Okay. Exactly. What, what I think is really interesting is, is the effects of dieting on this metabolism. So there was some really, really interesting research from the biggest loser study. So of, of course, I know you're probably familiar with the TV show. They did um, a study on the participants. They did. And then they looked at them. So they measured them before they started during the study. And then they looked at them afterwards and they looked at long-term follow-up as well, which I think is brilliant, which we don't really see in, in research. What they found is their basal metabolic rate. So their, their rate of burning energy at rest 
was originally kind of whatever it was before and it dropped down as they went through the study, which is as you lose weight, it is normal. You have less mass, therefore you need less energy to maintain that mass. Anyway, it did drop down. However, their metabolic rate dropped down far more than it should have based on how much weight they lost. So it was totally disproportionate. What was very interesting though, is once they'd lost all this, you know, extreme amount of weight, they then followed them after this, after the the show had long finished. And this rate, even though they gained weight again, this BMR did not return to the way it was before. So now they were burning far less energy simply by existing because they'd been on a diet. And this is what dieting does to us. Each failed to diet attempt, our metabolic rate gets reduced. And some research shows that it never really resumes to the way that it was before. And this might, might, might be, help us explain, well, I am eating the same thing I did last time I lost weight on a yeah. diet and it's not working this time. It's because your metabolism has completely shifted because your body gets really good at picking up when you're going to throw it into this famine kind of situation. Wow, that's really interesting. It's protective. Your body doesn't want you to starve. Can we acknowledge that? Yeah. And so no amount of willpower is going to be able to fix this situation. And I think it's some one of the big challenges as well. If you might say to me, well, I've been dieting for 20, 30 years. What's happened to my metabolism now? And I'd say it's it's probably a lot worse off than when you started. And people go, well, it's, you know, as your metabolism changes as you get older, and that's certainly true, but each failed diet attempt is also contributing to a big impact on your metabolism that I think is completely underestimated. So this means that no matter, even if you are eating in a calorie deficit and doing all of these things, nothing is going to shift. Well, <laughs> it's why it's making it a whole lot harder. Right. Exactly. Okay. So you've kind of got this hormonal response. Yeah. It's hormonal metabolic response that is, is, is stacked up against you. That's making it really hard. Then, you know, something we talk about the podcast very often is how much more palatable and exciting these foods that you've eliminated are. And so, when okay, so so the other thing that they found from this biggest loser study is they looked at the ghrelin levels. Ghrelin is your hunger hormone. So ghrelin levels, when ghrelin goes up, it tells your body that you're hungry. Now what yep. they found is participants after the study, they had much higher ghrelin levels than before. So now they were hungrier than they ever were before, but not only that, their leptin levels, leptin is satiety, a hormone that says, you know what, we've had enough food, we're good, we're satisfied, that went down. So their hunger hormones gone up, their satisfaction hormones gone down, and their metabolism just has met- slowed. Metabolism has slowed. Plus, now they have a preoccupation with all the foods that they're not allowed to have, and when they do have them, there is a disco in their brain because the the reward centers light up, telling them what a brilliant thing this is. You can see how that this- is a melting pot. You haven't even mentioned the exercise they do is just pure punishment. <laughs> there is a melting pot of things in there. Yeah. So you can start to see how you can be doing all the right things, quote unquote, and that your body has a whole bunch of protective mechanisms to help you prevent you from going out of the state of homeostasis. And we need to stop working against our body, which is what we try and do when we go on a diet. We go, I'll just try harder. I can override my body. I can, I can you know, control this can't. If you've ever had a binge, you might have that experience of going, well, you feel out of control around food. You're like, I don't feel like I'm in control. <laughs> the reason is because you're not. Yeah. <laughs> your body is kind of like there's conscious you and there's a sub- is unconscious you. And once your body stops trusting that conscious you is going to feed it enough, it's like your body takes goes, over. We, we take over. We don't trust you. You don't got this. <laughs> you do not got this. I'm going to make sure that you no longer control food. 
I have a vested interest in keeping you safe and fed. Therefore, I'm going to kind of switch off your brain for a moment, throw you into a haze <laughs> in a very yeah, that is- technical way because keeping you alive is my job. So that is that it kind of explains why when you go into a binge state, you are kind of completely out of control because you're not. Your body is protecting you. Can we start to see that for what it is? Is that actually this isn't a sign of your poor willpower. This is your body's way of protecting you and keeping you safe. And instead of being angry with your body, can you say, thanks, body, you've got me. You've got me. Is it also to do with the fact that your body could be really comfortable at the weight that it is? Absolutely. I, so so one of the uh, the questions I often get asked is, listen, I do the healthy things. I exercise. I try to eat healthily. And then I look at my body and it still doesn't look the way I want it to. Because that's a very different thing. Your body being healthy, doing its best thing for you, letting you live a vibrant life is very different to the body that you are comparing to a Photoshop version on Instagram. Yeah. You know, like I, I think fundamentally, let's think about all the influential health pe- health people in our lives. Let's start with Jane Fonda, who we know came out many years later saying I had a really bad eating disorder. You know, someone like Audrey Hepburn. We have all these different, you know, health people who now kind of coming out saying, yes, I did have an eating disorder. So firstly, the people who we aspire to look like, many of which have come forward and said, I did have an eating disorder. Then there are the models, the people who we know have won a genetic lottery. So we're going to go, well, I'm going to subscribe to your app. That's going to tell me how you stay healthy. What I really want is to look like you, but not without realizing that actually that's just mostly genetics. And the fact it's their full-time job to now look like that. <laughs> exactly. And so we look at these people, whether they're on the front cover of a magazine and they've been photoshopped and we know that they've been on a very specific diet, trained intensively for 12 weeks or whatever it is to look like that. And then we go, this is what I should look like. Um, the fitness influencers that we look up to, I've been to many events with them where I can just see them pushing food around their plate, feeling uncomfortable to eat the food and we'll and they're the ones who are turning up on our social media feeds going eat this gluten-free dairy-free yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, yeah. free everything and and we go that's health so what i'm saying is our definition of what a healthy body looks like is quite distorted and this idea that we need to hit a certain body fat percentage is, is dead wrong this idea of bmi is wrong um and and part of this is accepting that your weight might not be what you think it should be. So my question to you is, can you do the healthy things because you like yourself? And then can you forgive your body when it doesn't look the way that you wished it would? I also want to add this idea about not eating enough because I talk about this in huge detail in my book, Your Weight Is Not The Problem, because I see this as a as a serious problem with diet is, is um, fundamentally you are not eating enough during the day. This either leads to you losing control around food, or it means that your body is reaching this, this starvation point where your metabolism's going, we are going to slow right down to protect you. And what we need to do is make sure you're eating enough food. And it is probably more than you think it's it is. It's more than you think it is. Yes. And it includes carbohydrates. And yes, you can have an entire sandwich. No, that isn't crazy. Yes. You can eat rice with things. Yes. Pasta is allowed. Cereals are included you need to finish a meal and you need to feel satisfied. There should be a deep sense of satisfaction after having a meal. You should no longer be thinking about what else you'd like to have to eat. You shouldn't have to use willpower to try and go, no, you know, the meal's done now. No, you haven't eaten enough. When you've eaten enough, your body goes, you know, we're good. We feel safe. We feel comfortable. We trust there is more food. And this is the phrase I talk about often. Anytime I want more food, I can have more food. You need to truly believe that because if you don't believe that your body's going to stay, well, we're going to stay in this famine response, the starvation mode, the survival switch has been flicked on. 
and we're going to do everything we can to make sure that we do not undercut it. So if you're wondering why I'm not losing weight in a calorie deficit, realize there are many things stacked against you. One calorie deficit is not a smart approach. It hasn't, it is very few people can actually maintain a calorie deficit with willpower. Um, You've tried calorie deficit diets before. They haven't really worked. They're probably getting less and less effective this time. It's time to try a new approach. Um, And it's time to stop expecting your body to look a certain way. And I know that's a hard pill to swallow. It's a really hard pill to swallow. And it's not about loving your body and because it's so hard to love your body in a world that tells you it's not right, but just accepting and forgiving that it is the way it is. You and I were talking about this before, this idea that you're saying that you've come to terms that, you know, this is your healthy weight and how that makes you feel and that you kind of were talking about this idea that even at your lowest weight, you always felt like you could lose weight. Yeah, the feeling, that is something I've always noticed in every single aspect of my dieting journey. No matter what I've weighed in like a 25 kilogram spectrum, I've never felt any different. I've never felt, well, I feel a lot better now, but across that spectrum, never felt like I was the right weight or that I didn't need to lose more weight or nothing. None of those feelings of not being good enough changed. So losing weight doesn't lead you to feel like you don't need to lose any more weight. No. That's an important thing to realize that we live in this world that's telling us that thinner is always better. Um, And so that feeling is maybe something that we need to learn to have a different response to as opposed to listening to it instead of sacrificing our life, our headspace, instead of slowing our metabolism further with more failed diet attempts. What if it's time to absolutely just stop doing this calorie deficit thing that isn't working for you? That's why you're listening to this podcast. You know it's not working and it's time to try a new approach. We hope you do do that. <laughs> we hope you do do that. This podcast is a, is a resource for you to help you learn more about that. You can always listen. You can always read my book. Your weight is not the problem. It's such a nice way for you to kind of get up to speed with this idea of intuitive eating of how, how to stop dieting and all that stuff. Um, and of course, if you want to be healthy without dieting bullshit, there's my back to basics app, which is just a really nice way for you to like get those regular prompts to help you eat more intuitively it helps give you a sense of what the hell should i be eating because it's tricky and how do you do it without like getting bogged down in calorie deficit and macro counting nonsense i will show you thank you for listening to today's episode it's been so lovely having you on the no wellness bankery podcast with myself and jenna please give us a rating wherever you listen to your podcast and please tell your friends and we'll chat to you next time Hey, I've got a question for you. Does binge eating feel like your dirty secret? And are you sick of trying to be good, but falling off the bandwagon and losing control around food? If so, I can help. Binge Free Academy teaches you how to beat binge eating and feel in control around food giving you doable evidence-based strategies. You'll get lifetime access to 30 practical step-by-step video lessons, 12 group coaching calls with me, and become part of my Binge Free Academy community for life. As a recovered binge eater, I get it. I know there's no quick fix or one-stop shop for binge eating. And so that's why I want to give you the ongoing support and care you need and deserve. And I'm so confident it will help you that I'm offering you a 30-day money-back guarantee. So no risk, all reward. You can take control over your food and your life. And I think it's the best investment you'll 
ever make towards reclaiming your life, your health, and your happiness. To learn more about Binge Free Academy, you can click the link in the show notes or go to lindycohen.com slash binge dash free dash academy.